Oddball Sports is produced by KKKP the DJ. Welcome to another episode of the Oddball Sports Podcast. All thoughts and opinions of all hosts are the thoughts and opinions of said host and do not reflect the thoughts and opinions of the other hosts or podcast as a whole. Enjoy the episode you're about to listen to. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Oddball Sports. I'm one of your hosts, Nana Mark Hansen, and we have a full show for you on this episode 8 of season 2. The long list of topics we have for today include the Black Stars squad announcement for their two 2022 World Cup qualifiers against Ethiopia and South Africa, the Division 1 fixtures re- um, list being released, Hearts of Oak's slow start, Daniel Farker being sa- sacked by Norwich, Antonio Conte being appointed at Spurs, Oli struggling at Manchester United. I'm once again one of your hosts, Nana Mark Hansen, and I'm joined here today by Diane Yeah, So our first topic for today sees us look at the Black Stars squad that was named for their World Cup qualifiers against Ethiopia and South Africa. This is Milovan Radovac's second squad he's named since retaking the Black Stars job. The goalkeepers he called include Joseph Wallacott of Swindon Town, Lawrence Atizigi of St. Gallen, Manaf Nurdin of Upen, and Richard Atta of Hatsufu. Our defenders include Andy Yadom of Reading, Philemon Bafour of Dreams FC, Baba Rahman of Reading, um, Gideon Mensa of Girodins, Daniel Amate of Leicester City, Alexander Jiku of Strasbourg, Joseph Adu of Salta Vigo, Jonathan Mensa of Columbus Crew, Ismail Abdul Gainu of Asante Kotoko. Our midfielders include Baba Drisu of Real Mallorca, Thomas Partey of Arsenal, Mubarak Wakaso of Shenzhen FC, yet again, Edmund Addo of Sheriff Tiraspol, Mohamed Kudus of Ajax Amsterdam, Daniel Kofiture of FC St. Pauli. Our wingers include Dayu Brothers, Andre of Alsad, and Jordan of Crystal Palace, Abdul Isai Haku of Dreams FC, Kamal Suleimana of Ren, and Samuel Usu of Al Fire. Our strikers include Richmond B. Yadom of Betar Jerusalem, Benjamin Tete of Yeni Malatiaspor, Felix Afinia Jan, who has, I've heard has been pulled out of the squad due to an arrangement between the FA and Roma, who, because Roma think he's still too young to be called up to, a per, to the senior national team, and Caleb Ekuban of Genoa. So Dave, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this squad list, and why do you think certain players, regardless of form, keep making some of these lists, like our friend Yawan Pofo Jr. said on Twitter this week? Like it's their birthright. All right, so I'm staying. This is going to be second collab that Coach Milovan Ryevac had done. And obviously, the first one that he did didn't really come from him because he had CK Alconos name all over it. So obviously, um, he named the squad looked like of your, um, the usual guys, just that there were new faces in there. In Edmond Ado, Felix, for instance, that called. I think in the long run, we need to. Edmond, for instance, merits his call a place weekend for Sheriff Terrasport. At the same time, plays in the Champions League and performing so well. Deserved to be in the in the squad. With the Felix Afinajans issue, I think it's the best decision they've made for the boy because he's very young. His club as Roman had already said um, the guy is time to develop as a player, so we shouldn't rush him. I think the FA listened very well and acted on that. Having someone like Mubarak Kokasu be part of the team, the last time we had a conversation about the Blasters, we all viewed out Makasu returning to the Blasters for, for obvious reasons. But I don't know what the coach sees in him for him to bring him back to the team. I just hope that he's probably looking at experience-wise. Um, there was obviously the, the absence of 
and the, our first choice goalkeeper in Richard Ofori because he's still not fit enough to, to get a call. So our new man, um, Jojo Wallacott, certainly be the man to take charge of the up games and I'm hoping that he will be on top of his game against Ethiopia and South Africa to make sure we qualify because any, any mistake, he's a new guy and so any mistake that comes from a spot which eventually bent our, <clears throat> our hopes of qualifying to the next round qualification or cup competition, it would be best for him. So just praying that all of these guys that Coach Nova Rivers has invited will show a lot of potential on the day, play to their maximum best. Final question, do you see us qualifying? Do you see us qualifying? Do you see us beating both Ethiopia and South Africa? Yes, certainly. I feel like this Ghana national team has elements of politics related to it in terms of certain players who are still caught up. And yes, the sad thing is that there is a form of entitlement because that has been the culture for the very longest time and it sadly will not change in time as long as the politics continues, which it would continue for the foreseeable future. However, I am confident that at a point in time, we will get to our senses. And when we get to our senses, hopefully at that point we will say no more politics. I honestly feel like for the best, they shouldn't go through for this World Cup. I just feel like shouldn't go. There are just too many things that need to work. Things should not be rushed. Uh, so for the best of the nation, they shouldn't go. Maybe Afghan yes, but World Cup no. We need to start working on the quality. We really need to start working on the quality. We need to be able to start competing, if not internationally, at least on the continent, with the likes of Algeria, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Morocco, Senegal. We need to start competing because we don't have quality players at all. Okay, my thoughts on the squad is I think the squad is strong enough to see us qualify. I'm still worried a bit about our forward options. Our, our midfield, if we play a midfield of Pate, Babai Drisu and Kudus just in front of them, I think our midfield should be fine. Kamaldin, um, Su- Suleiman on the left or and like, the right wing, I guess Jordan can play there for now. But then, which of the strikers will Milo use? That's another like point of struggle for me. Maybe Caleb Ekuban, but like people say, he's not like he's not a prolific striker. Um, but I do see us qualifying from this group, and we'll probably it depends on the luck of the draw in the next stage. Like so, we could qualify for the World Cup, but I do not see it happening let's stay on the local scene the division one league released their fixture list for um the different zones in the league like so division one as you all know has three different zones the zone one which serves the upper west Rongahafu, upper east and northern regions and the last season rtu real time united who are play- currently playing in the ghana premier league won zone one and yeah so the division one league starts on november 19th and game week one is from november 19th to november 21st of this year 2021 match day one in zone one sees young apostles take on steadfast fc dreams tamale fc will take on wa sunta sc why Yasin Jr. FC will take on Bolga All-Stars SC. Inkoranza Warriors FC take on Bofuakwatano FC. Kentampo FC will take on um, Wamanafo Mighty Royals FC. 
Barfour Sporting Academy FC will take on Unity FC. Bronk Ahafo United FC will take on Insua Treman, Insua Treman FC. Tamale City FC will take on Brekum Arsenal FC. So that's the game week one fixture for zone one. Zone two of division one was won by Bibiani Gold Stars last season and they will be playing in the Ghana Premier League. So zone two match day one sees Achiken FC take on New Edubiasi United FC. Summertex FC will take on Asokwa Deportivo FC. Pacific Heroes FC will take on Inzema Kotoko FC. Suedru All Blacks FC will take on Future Stars FC. Soccer Intellectuals Sporting Club. Soccer Intellectuals SC will take on Holy Stars FC. Second D Hasakas FC will take on Unistar Academy. Wasaman FC will take on Sky FC. And Bakwai Youth Football Academy will take on Ibushia Dwarfs, who got relegated from the Ghana Premier League last season. Finally, let's look at zone three. Zone three of the Ghana Premier League of the Division One League was won last season by Accra Lions. And zone three sees teams from the Eastern Region, the Volta Region, and Greater Accra regions take part. So match day one. For Zone 3 sees Akachi All-Stars FC take on Tudu Mighty Jets FC. Inter-Allies who were relegated from the Ghana Premier League last season will take on another relegated team from the Ghana Premier League last season, Liberty Professionals FC. Accra Young Wise FC will take on Akosobo Crystal Palace FC. Pram Pram Uncle T United FC will take on Pando Hearts of Lions. Susubiri SC, which is uh, which is two clubs who have come together to form this new team, um, Ocheman Pla planners and susubiri fc have merged and and have formed susubiri b sc and they'll take on ultraman planners and susubiri fc merged together to form susubiri sc and they will take on kwai birim united fc vision fc will take on kotoku royals fc golden kicks fc will take on tema youth across city stars will take on fc narnia those are the matches for division one the division one league um game week one dave what are your expectations for the division one league this upcoming season well for me i believe that um the division one has always been um like a, a transition to the ghana premier league for these clubs most of the premier league clubs go in for some of these division one players to augment their squads. There's a lot of talent at the Division 1 level and I believe that um, their new season is going to be fireworks. Liberty professionals would want to return as quickly as possible to the back to the top flights of the Ghana Premier League. I mean, all of these teams have the same agenda to, to play in the Ghana Premier League. And so I believe that they are going to put up their best. Tema Youth, for instance, they were very close to qualifying to the Ghana Premier League, but unfortunately they couldn't. Okay, so um, I believe that they are all ready. All the clubs are ready. Um, the FA has done what needs to be done to make sure clubs are also ready to play and, and give all their best. NSA, everyone involved that I know that um, they run football in this country are in support of the Division 1 League returning. I watched the Division 1 Super Super Cup that they played. Did you watch it on the Ghana Football app? Um, unfortunately, no. I, I watched most of them uh, live at the venue and... 
the rest on TV, but I don't want to mention the channel. Um, but then um, I, we saw we saw some of these Division One teams compete against even the newly promoted teams from the Division One to the league, and and they were bullish for for everything that we we saw. So obviously, in the long run, I believe that we're going to, we are going to have new races um, qualifying to the Ghana Premier League. The likes of Susu Bibi <laughs> and Kwaibi Bremen and the likes that you, you were struggling to mention their names. Masa, 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 masa. <laughs> but yeah, um, I can't wait to to see how the Division 1 League gets. Yeah, I agree. The Division 1 League is actually something I'd encourage a lot of people to watch. Like It shows you some of the young talent uh, uh, we have coming up in this country as well as some of the teams you may not really have heard of. But like they, they all give it their all and they all actually really place some of them play some very exciting football so i'd suggest you check out the division one league let's stay on the local scene and let's talk about the ghana premier league champions of 2020 2021 akra hatsu folk akra hatsu folk have started the season off in shaky form drawing their first two matches they've opened the season with a nil-nil draw against legon cities and just this past weekend, they drew 1-1 against um, Wafa in Sukokope, a place they haven't won in such a long time. Um, Dave, what do you attribute to this shaky start to the season two? Is it because of the CAF Champions League they went to play that their nerves have been a bit shaken up and they can't win? Or is it just a little rustiness to start the season and you don't expect it to really affect them later on? Um. I will sort of agree with you um, with the CAF Champions League bit. Traveling here and they're going to North Africa, it's not easy. I feel there, there might be some form of tiredness. But what I also see in this team is complacency. I feel the coach all the way to the players just have that mindset that um, they are unbeatable. They are at their very best that what they replicated last season would be shown again in, in this season but what they don't get to understand is that all of these teams all of these teams um, did good good signings to augment their squads if you look at the recruitment that Asante Kotoko did if you look at the recruitment that um, Wafa became United Ashanti Gold Legon Cities Hasofuk shouldn't have it at the back of their minds that they are going to defend the league title and it's going to come so easily to them so it's complacency and and i see obviously i see tiredness as well but the complacency bit is what i really want to touch on because it will be difficult for them to defend the league title especially from the games that we've seen from match day one and the the ones that we've seen in match day two so Wedu and the technical bench really need to set up and approach games like they want to win and they want to win and win convincingly they can't they can't ride on the past glory to be winning games this season it's a different ball game and they really need to understand that yeah so my thoughts on Wedu and artifact struggles i think I agree with Dave, like, it has to do with complacency. Like, they feel, sometimes you watch them and they feel like, oh, we won the league last year, so it should be our birthright. No, at the end of, like, last year ended at the end of, like, when the final whistle blew last year, you collected your medals. You should have had a complete reset. Like, we go again. And, like, it doesn't seem like they go again. It seems like, oh, we'll stroll to the pitch and we should beat the teams in front of us. They should have beaten Legon City last week. 
I know Sugar Kope, like, the, once they go there, the best every time is a draw. But, like, you're going to have to change that narrative if you want to build on your success from last season. The CAF Champions League, I feel, may have derailed them a little bit after getting shellacked when they went to um, North Africa to play Wydad. But... At the end of the day, if you're the best team in Ghana, prove it. It's not. I don't understand the teams in our league. When they win the league, the very next season they dip. Like we need a consistency among our elite clubs, where once they win the league, they don't just dip. I also agree with you, bro. Um, I think that we need consistency in our teams as well. It's unfortunate that even that the top top teams that we know in Hearts of Folk and Kotoko struggle for consist- consistency because even when they travel outside the country to play on the continent and you have a team from uh, Guinea and the likes beating you and knocking you out of CAF Champions League games or CAF Confederation, Confederation Cup games. It doesn't augur well for our league. And we, we also want our two slots from, from CAF. Our four slots, sorry, from CAF. So I don't know how that can be done, but we need to, we need to do the right things home we should be able to keep our key players for a very longer period so that they will stay in the league make the league fun and exciting at the same time produce the results for their clubs and then we can have a, a lot of trust in them even when they're talking. okay so moving on from the local scene in ghana let's take a look at a recently sacked manager in the english Premier League. norwich announced the sacking of their coach who has been at the helm for four years, Daniel Farka. Farka has been with the Canaries since 2017 and was sacked almost immediately after their first Premier League win of the season after they beat Brentford 2-1 at the Brentford Community Stadium. It was Norwich's first win in 20 Premier League games, a run stretching back from the 2019-20 season where they lost one on February 2020. Farka joined the club in May of 2017 and helped guide them back to the top flight as champions in his second season at Carrow Road. They were relegated straight back down but returned again after winning the championship in the 2020-21 season with a club record 97 points. So what are your thoughts of this sacking and who do you think should be Norwich's next manager? Um, well, the fact that they um, sacked him straight after this win seemed like obviously the decision was, um, they've been talking about it for a while clearly. Um, Norwich, um, their track record, they have a tendency of getting promoted and then getting relegated. So, and I think we all predicted that they'll get relegated this season again, or some of us did. But surprised, not really, but at the same time, yes. Obviously, Norwich is their first one of the season, which is not good at all. Surprised, however, because the Norwich owners and the club have trusted him and his team for quite a long time. But I guess expectations are higher this time and they want to stay in the Premier League for more than one season so I guess that's what um, that's how their decision that's how they came to their decision as for manager I don't have anyone in mind right now or anyone who's available who would come to Norwich but we've seen that the youngsters have a lot of potential they have a good young team however they can't to find convert this into wins so I'm not sure which manager can you know resurrect or help Norwich stay out of relegation zone this season so it's, it's quite sad that Parker lost job today. Um, you know, it's uh, I understand situations like this where you know, eleven games into the season and they are at the bottom of the table. You know, five points from relegation. You'd 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 think that 
you know, there's still hope, but they just got rid of him as quickly as possible. My replacements, there are three people that come into mind. The first one that comes into mind is Steve Bruce, just because he's, you know, most recently been out of out of his job and he has Premier League experience. Newcastle United and other some some other Premier League teams. So he'll probably be able to put them in a position where they can start to draw a bit more games than before and at least surface through to maybe bottom of the second half, a bit closer to 16, 15. Uh, it's either him or Papa Allardyce, you know, because he also has a track record of playing decent defensive football. Like Dan said, they have a lot of young players, and for a setup like this, they would need to make sure they work on their defensive uh, nature. So they'll probably look at a coach who can bring in that aspect into it. Maybe they, could, they may also decide to consider... Um, what's his name? Eddie Howe. However, I heard that he's somewhat being linked to Newcastle. I don't know how true that. So these are the three options that Norwich can go in. And then the last one is Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes because, like I said earlier, he's also had experience with Premier League teams. And Brother. He can be decent. <laughs> he can Mark be Hughes. decent. Like, be serious, I'm big. But you see, they don't have options. I mean, they, they could go with Chris Wilder. They could go with John Terry, Sam Allardyce, Steve Bruce. Um, Chris Wilder, Chris Wilder, Chris Wilder would not take over at Norwich. Neither would uh, John Terry, because any coach that would go and take over at this position, you'd have to find your way to make sure you don't get back into the championship. And if you should get your way back into the championship after, let's say, they have about twenty. 27 more they have 27 games. games. Good. They have about 27 more games to play. It would be extremely difficult for any coach who is looking to build up their reputation from right now to surface through and want to do this. Maybe they would go with their assistant um, team coach for the interim and see how far they can go through. But I don't see... I don't see Chris Wilder. I don't see John Terry agreeing to coach Norwich. No. Who knows? Maybe Lampard can try and save them. Who knows? Okay, so... The Norwich um, sporting director, Stuart Weber, released a statement saying, In continuing to demand the be- very best for our football club, this decision was not an easy one. I know how determined Daniel and his staff were to succeed at this level, but we feel that now is the right time for a change to give ourselves the best opportunity of retaining our Premier League status. All at Norwich City will forever be grateful to Daniel and his staff for the significant role they have played in our journey. They helped deliver two championship titles many memorable moments and they all fully bought into our philosophy and what it means to be a part of this football club. Daniel and his staff will always be welcome back here. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank them all for their hard work and wish them well for the future. It, it's important that we now look forward. We have 27 league games remaining and a long way to go in the current season. We know that we have the ability within our playing squad and staff to start picking up points and climbing up the league table. That's where I disagree with them because if you look at their last, like their recent squads, like where is the quality he th- he speaks of? Is it um the right back Max Ahrens? I'll give him that. Tibu Puki hasn't really shown that he is a top level Premier League striker. Like I don't actually see the quality in the team he's talking about. Is it in... Tim Krul, you can't really have your best players being your right back and your goalkeeper. Like apart from that, what else is he talking about? Like where's I mean, the where's the quality in the squad that he keeps talking about that will pick them points? Your 
your midfielder you signed on loan this summer, Billy Gilmore, you barely use. So, like, where where is the ability you see within your playing squad to pick up the points? Like Spio said earlier, if you look at the Premier League table right now, you're bottom of the league still. On fi- you're level on points with with. Newcastle on five points, but your goal difference right now is a negative 21. You're currently five points behind Leeds as we record. So where, like, I don't see three worse teams than Norwich in the Premier League right now. So I'm sorry. Sacking Farka, I don't think will change much unless you get an exceptional manager. I don't think Lucien Favre will want this Norwich City job. So like, I think Norwich City will continue to be a yo-yo club bouncing between the Prem and the Premier League and the Championship. Like, those are my thoughts on the sacking. I agree with you. You know, I, I feel like the sporting director sent out this notice or memo to the fans. Now, when I see the fans, I don't talk about Ghanaian fans or international fans. I'm talking about the diehard core fans who probably live around the Norwich the Norwich Stadium or who, who have been supporting Norwich from generations because clearly there is no quality in the team. Can't You can't talk about Cantwell, you can't talk about um, Timu. Aaron's just maybe, just maybe, but even I feel like he leads the club. You know, Gilmore is barely being used, so there's no quality here. Should be told, they will go back into the championship. Moving on to our next topic, where we focus on yet another manager, but moving on from a manager who hasn't won much at the top level to a manager who's won a lot of trophies at the top level. And who 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 am I speaking about? You may ask. I'm talking about the former Chelsea and Inter Milan manager and. Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte has been appointed the new Tottenham Hotspur boss and his Premier League record when he was at Chelsea saw him coach the Blues for um, 76 games. He won 51 times, drew 10 times and lost 15 matches. His teams scored 147 goals and only conceded 71. Was this a good appointment by Spurs or is it more of the same like the Mourinho appointment? Good manager, poor side, no equals no trophies. Perfect manager for the job. Okay, fairly okay side. I feel like at a point, Nuno lost the dressing room because I quite remember in the very beginning and for all the games he's been playing, I've just been looking at his lineup and I keep asking myself, number one, why does Oliver skip start games when you have players who have more experience in the Premier League and can play. Why is it that you're not using Doherty as much as you're supposed You know, and uh, Spurs have... Yes, but you know, he's, he's, he's premium in it in the fact that he's better than your other options. You know, Royale, MSU Royale doesn't have Premier League experience. And one thing about the Premier League is that you, 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 you can't say, oh, I performed, probably I performed well in Spain or I performed well in France or I performed well in Germany. So I can just walk in and come and perform. No. Spurs has an okay line, decent lineup, way better than Palace. Just somebody will argue, somebody will argue just because of a few players like Son, Kane, Mura, maybe uh, Loris, Hoiberg. Maybe we can, just maybe, just maybe, we can even sneak in Delali, just maybe, like I'm saying. They have a slightly better team than, 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 than Arsenal. So, their lineup has not been the best and I feel like the Nuno signing too was very rushed. Conte is definitely going to transform this team. Now, I don't know whether Tottenham can promise him the money to buy the players 
where Zai is. And Conte is known for that. He has very high demands. So he's the perfect manager to come and revamp the, uh, the season for them. I just pray that the players find a way of working with him. That would be very good, my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, Conte is definitely the best manager than you know. Um, his accolades show that. Yeah, Tottenham have a decent side. There's no... If he doesn't... As Bill said, if he doesn't win over the dressing room and over the, the players, then I don't see a reason why he shouldn't succeed. Tactically, he's a good manager. Yeah, so Tottenham, I think the only way is up, I think. But I think uh, a lot of the pundits were harassing, not harassing, hounding on Harry, Harry Kane that the managers need to win him over as well. And his attitude isn't the best. And if Harry Kane, um, I, I forgot who said it, but if if Harry Kane is on the same page as you, then the team, like, you won't succeed. So, Conte, he's a good manager. I think he'll succeed. I mean, one thing I'll say about Conte is, as an Arsenal fan, I can never like him. He's coached Chelsea and he's coached... Ugh, I can't even mention that other team's name. But anyway, top, top manager. We've seen him win trophies wherever he's gone. We saw him um, win um, so many Scudettos with the Juventus team. He took over... Um, we saw him win a, um, a Scudetto again last season with um, Inter Milan, the first in a very long time. We saw him take a, a, an eighth-placed Chelsea team, or was a ninth, a ninth-placed Chelsea team to the league title in the first in his first season at the club, and then um, led them to the FA Cup his second season. Like he's a top. First top season, he also won the FA Cup. He, he didn't win. He lost on. He lost on. He lost in the final to Arsenal. The, the first season, he won two he, trophies. What was the second won- one? He he only won one trophy, say. Oh. Yeah. So as I was saying, like he's a top top manager. He's won trophies wherever he's gone, and I feel like he's a at this moment in his career, he's a way better manager than Jose Mourinho, the former Spurs boss. Actually, Nuno is a former Spurs boss, so the former 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 Spurs boss. So I think he will do a very good job, but I still don't see him bringing any trophies to Tottenham Hotspur. Okay, so um, I think um, Tottenham being able to get Antonio Conte is is, is a perfect match. Um, looking at how they've, they've struggled right from the start of the season, I believe um, what Nuno Espirito Santo came to do at the beginning of the season was just um, a flash. He he wasn't fit enough to manage space before seeing the, the, the outcome of it. I believe that Antonio Conte is going to whip up um, or awaken a lot of morale in these boys to be able to understand his style of play, his tactics, and get them back to winning ways. Um, I'm, I'm only sad a bit because we, um, we couldn't sack Ole to be able to get Antonio Conte. <laughs> and for him to now... <laughs> Music to my ears. And for him to join, I mean, an opposing team that now he's going to be part of the Bro, see, Antonio Conte joining Spurs is, is, is all that they needed. And I believe that in the long run, he's going to get them back to winning ways. Hurricane will start scoring. Their defense will shape up again. They wouldn't be considering goals here. They, he he is the right man for them, and I believe he's going to take them far in the league. 
Okay, so it's very interesting that you mentioned Oligon Solskjaer. That's who we're going to talk about next. Like, Dave, since you're a United fan, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on your board's lack of balls to fire the man they claim to have United DNA? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they don't understand football at all or they feel it's okay to go the Ferguson way. Football now is run on a lot of things. When a coach doesn't have the technical acumen enough to be on the touchline, you show the coach the exit door. I don't understand how you are in the you are in the same league with Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, and the likes. Who week in week out they churn out a lot of. But if you have coaches like this, um, bringing a lot of tactical things to bear and winning games, even even at their worst moments. It should tell you that Ole is not enough for us to get there. We have all the quality to be able to match some of these teams, Liverpool, Chelsea, who are in cloud nine at the moment. But then it's, it's difficult when you have people handling the team and they don't, they don't see what we are feeling. As Ferguson, what Ferguson came to do, we are not in, in his era again. Now everyone wants to win titles every season. Ole has been in for four years now, I think, and he has not given us any silverware. Why do we still believe that he's the man to take us to the promised land? Maybe your promised land has changed. It's no longer titles. It's Europa League finals and top four. It's called promise. And you promise. No, 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 no. Promised land. No, no, no. See, if the owners, if the Glazer family, whatever they are. If if they are listening and they can hear their fans cry and met out their frustrations on them. All I'm trying to say is that we have a long way to go and the Glazer family who, for, for some reason, I know they don't even like football like that. Leave the, leave the club for, for someone who can, who understand how football is run. Get us the materials that we need to be able to compete it's 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 very sad, and I don't know how long this 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 whole thing is going to continue. Because if we are going to keep only to the to the season ends, we are not playing UCL seasons. It's that simple. If you were to sack Oli at this time, who would you want to your team to hire? I wouldn't mind having the Ajax um, coach taking over from Oli and Ten Hang or whatever the name is. <laughs> but yes, um, I think the Ajax coach wouldn't be bad playing Manchester United because um, he's very good tactically. Um, he understands how to manage young lads whilst churning out results. And oh, but Charlie, Manchester Gareth Southgate can do the same thing. Chai! 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 At the big one, Southgate is just like Oli. Like, I'll go for Langabe. <sighs> I don't even know where to start from. Um, the truth of the matter is that Oli, Oli is a great guy when it comes to connecting one-on-one with people. However, he's not a coach. He's a therapist. Yes, he's good at therapy. So United should probably make him head of therapy division in Manchester United and just go and sign <coughs> a top-quality coach. Now, the problem, the real issue here is that the reason why Ford is still sticking behind Oli is because they just gave him a new contract. If they are to sack him right now, they're going to pay too much money. After paying 
too much stupid money for Sancho, then giving him 350,000 pounds a week. He has not as recorded a goal or assist or even half an assist. When you're looking at player per player uh, comparison to the other big teams in the league, Manchester United has top players. Top players. Yet still, this coach just cannot find a way to connect them. Already, you have a problem using your players. Then you go and bring some to come and do what? Clean your bench for you. don't even use Van de Beek. You rely on Fred. Fred. As for Maguire, I don't even want to start with him. De Gea made five saves in five minutes. Manchester United at Old Trafford. Only doesn't have an identity. He is lost. The moment your job is on the line, then you two, you go and say, oh, I want to play a three-back system. You're playing a three-back system with Maguire in the middle. Are you nuts? You're playing one Bissaka in right wing back. So who's going to cross for you? Two Bissaka? You have Pega King on your left. Who can't even, who can't even defend to save his life? You're Max Sauce in the middle. I don't even know what's going on with those two guys. The team has no identity. There's no discipline in the team. There's no hard work. There's nothing in the team. And that's just because they do not have a manager who can put his feet down and say, yo, guys, this is how we're playing. This is what we're going to do. We're going to fight for the badge. Oli is not a coach. United needs to put away this whole quote-unquote United uh, DNA. Bruh, we are not in Oli's time. We're not in Fergie's time. We're in a new period. You understand what I'm saying? You need to transform your game. You play to the strengths of the Premier League. See, if they continue at this rate, honestly, United will become a mid-table club. And branding-wise, we all know where it's going to end for them. Only needs to go. Only needs to go. Yes, Diane. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to add, but I'll agree on Spielware. I'll say that Ole hasn't got the right temperament at the moment um, for United. Um, I feel like United, they need an authoritarian kind of guy like Wenger. Um, who will do the job and like Ole seems like the guy who would doesn't seem I don't know, doesn't seem um hard enough doesn't seem like he can shout at the players Basically, when, need need he, then, <laughs> when need be yeah yeah I'll agree with Spiel and Dave where he has to go but as I said last week I don't think he'll go this season based on new contract and the Glazers don't care I mean, I have nothing to add to any, what anyone else has said, but I'll just end by saying Oli in and long may he continue to be at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbish. Rubbish. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Oddball Sports. It's been your host, Nightmare Captain, here today with Diane Addo, David Kofite, Papa Kojo, the, um, the dumb oracle. And yeah. We'll catch you guys next time.